she says, these are not conditions in which to thrive, not for any of us. This is a time to survive. Your only responsibility is to get through the day. Welcome to the From Quarantine podcast, a daily dose of dry humor from two Americans living in the heart of Europe, hosted by January Newbanks and Tassie Gibson. Good evening, ladies. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are uh, we all tonight? Good. Oh, it's been a long week. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. <laughs> so the great thing is, is that we have another guest tonight on our podcast. We love bringing our friends on. And tonight is our friend Carrie. Um, and Carrie is so special to me because she's like, a little magical soulmate that just appeared in my life one day in Barcelona. Um, <laughs> we met on a food tour and she and her husband and I just started talking and I was like, oh my gosh, these people are amazing. And we spent what, three nights together in Barcelona, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just touring and around. And that was like eating. three years ago already now. Is it already three years? Oh my gosh, that's so. crazy. I remember when all this was happening. That's nuts that it's been three yeah. years. And then we met up in Rome completely randomly. Mm-hmm. Also ate good food. And then you <laughs> came to Prague and we also ate good food. This is like a real priority in my life. Good food. <laughs> and, and good friends. But like the good food, let's be clear. Yeah, I've been super disappointed that my work has not been bringing me to Prague very often lately. I have been to Barcelona for a few times, and I do always think of you when I'm there, Cassie. So, Carrie is very special to me, and I'm glad that she's with us tonight. So, Carrie, tell us about Luxembourg. Like, what's happening, uh, where you are, how are people feeling? Let me tell you a bit about it. Um, So, I live in sunny, beautiful Luxembourg, the Grand Duchy of... um, I had to look it up on a map when I found out I was going to move here. So for anyone (laughs) else who has to do that, it is conveniently located right at the intersection of France, Germany, and Belgium. And it's like a really teensy little country. It's like 60 kilometers by 100 kilometers. So I know it's so sweet. Um, So what's been happening in Luxembourg? Well, today we had another like 120 confirmed COVID cases which is like kind of sad news because we have been on pretty much at home restriction for a little bit more than two weeks now. Um, We are allowed to go out, of course, for groceries, pharmacy, and to get like fresh air. Um, Thank goodness the Luxembourg government really respects everyone's need for fresh air. Um, It's important. (laughs) It's so important. I would be dying. I love that about the Czechs too, because the Czechs really prioritize nature. So yes, get outside. Yeah. I mean, it's been really good. I think I would be losing my mind if I was at home at home every day. Um, But yeah, so we are, we're, we're pretty isolated. Sean, my husband and I live in a village of about 140 people. So I, I don't see people anymore. Maybe sometimes I see a couple neighbors. Um, we're restricting our trips to the grocery store to um, one time a week with like maybe a quick stop at the gas station if we yeah. are really out of something. So, um, so it feels super, super locked down and super isolated. And I'm not, I don't know if it feels that way as much in city center, but um, in my little village, it's like, it's pretty at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And are people happy with the government's response? Has it, was it timely and they um, were happy with it? Did you, did you feel like it was on level with what was happening in Europe? Oh, yeah. It was super timely. We had um, pretty critical responses once we were in, like, the tens of cases, which I was really happy about. Um, shortly before that, at the very, very end of February, I came home from a trip to Seattle right before um, – everyone in Seattle found out about coronavirus there. So that felt really scary. I was um, already self-isolated. I just had come through airports in America. Um, But in general, people are pretty happy. The schools are shut down. They're staying until April 20th. But um, I mean, I don't want to speculate, but I'd be real surprised if kids are back in school on April 21st. Yeah, I think that's how everyone's feeling. 
there's one like amazing program that I just want to like recognize that the Luxembourgish government is doing, which is that for parents, if they have to be home with their kids and they can't work from home or they can't like reasonably get their work done at home, there is a new kind of leave being extended, which the government basically pays people salaries while they're at home taking care of their kids. Um, and I love that because I can't imagine the stress of like needing to stay home from work to care for your kids and then the financial implications of that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. As somebody who is um, homeschooling or schooling at home, I know people have like been talking about the language surrounding homeschooling and um, homeschooling implies like a choice, you know, like you've prepared for this. Um, and schooling from home is something that's been thrust upon you. And so I think homeschoolers are feeling sensitive about people kind of taking over their word. And then people who are schooling from home are feeling kind of sensitive about um, the fact that like we didn't have time to prepare. We've just, this has been thrust upon us and we've just got to adapt to it. So um, yeah, as somebody who's taking care of the bilingual, education of a child <laughs> in a language I don't speak particularly well. Um, yeah, I can speak to that stress. It is real. <laughs> yeah, that sounds terrible. I mean, like not terrible, <laughs> terrible, but um, not an easy day. No, or true. weeks at home. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky for us, the Czech government has really stepped up like they they had a tv program on the monday after they decided to close schools um that has an hour of television per grade including those who are preparing for their tests like their exams to go into gymnasium uh which is their test to go into high school or um which you need to do you need to go to gymnasium in, in order to go to university so you right. can take that test at fifth grade or you can take that test at ninth grade and enter gymnasium at either point. But this is a really tough time for kids are, that are in transition. Mm. And even with Lucy, she's in second grade, but third grade starts really intense grammar learning, like memorization and uh, memorizing poetry. And it's a lot of, a lot a lot of grammar in third grade and so the end of second grade kind of not being a thing uh with czech language for me is a little stressful because i'm like oh my gosh how do i prepare her for third grade are they gonna ignore the fact that the kids have been <laughs> out of school or are they gonna like compensate for that when they get their classrooms back because the teachers have them from first to fifth grade most of the time um so yeah there's a lot to think about a lot to a lot that's kind of subconsciously weighing, I think, on parents as they try to navigate this time. I think it's great how much um, the governments have kicked in and really supported, like you said, that the, the government's supporting parents and the government here is also supporting parents uh, financially and also, like you said, with TV. So it's been good to see. Um, and I'm sure in Luxembourg, because they also have a lot of a hub, like that's why you're there that there's business hub there. I'm sure yeah. that they're interested in keeping the businesses happy and the workers that are there happy. Um, and you guys have a huge expat community as well, right? Yeah, so Luxembourg has about 650,000 people and about half of them are not like native Luxembourgers. Wow. 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 So expats are kind of the norm. But I mean, a lot of those people also, though, have lived in Luxembourg their whole lives, um, but they don't really consider themselves Luxembourgish, or they still hold a passport that their parents held. It's pretty interesting that way. I worked with this guy who was, I mean, in his late 40s when I worked with him, and he was born in Luxembourg, um, speaks Luxembourgish, like, as a native speaker, of course. But um, if you asked him, he would, he would say he's Portuguese, and in fact, did not hold a Luxembourgish passport until a couple of years ago. Oh, that's oh. fascinating. Right? Like in Canada, we're like, you come here, you, you're just Canadian. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> <Canadian>. <laughs> so I really didn't relate to people who lived in a country their whole lives, but they're like, no, no, I'm, I'm actually Portuguese. 
so interesting. Yeah. Uh, no, that's like one of the really cool things about Luxembourg is how, how diverse and how international it is. And so I'm studying Luxembourgish right now. I don't know if I've told you ladies that um, with the hopes of passing the Sprochen test later this summer Ooh. in May, if all goes super well, um, with like a plan to actually become Luxembourgish. Nice. But even holding a passport, I don't, it's hard to imagine calling myself Luxembourgish. Uh-huh. <laughs> How long have well, you been in Luxembourg, Carrie? Oh, good question. It will be five years this May, okay. which coincidentally is how long you need to be in Luxembourg to get a Luxembourgish passport, uh-huh. along with, you know, passing the language test and taking a civics course. So, yeah. yeah. So I've been here four and a half years as well. Um, like I'm a little bit behind you because my fifth year anniversary will be like in November. Um, but uh, I think we, we have to be here 10 years, right, Tessie? um to get a passport question yes maybe I don't know I'd have to look at it used to be 10 years and then it was five years but I'm not sure what the rules are for the five year I think at five years you can get permanent residency oh okay and then at 10 years you can apply for the passport Mm -hmm. because I don't think you can apply for a passport at five years and it's the same that you have to pass a language test and also the citizenship test yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Same, same. Well, good luck. We'll cross yes. our fingers, Terry. Well, next time I come on, we'll just do the interview in Luxembourgish. Yeah. <laughs> right? Sure. We'll just we'll study between now and then, and I'm sure it'll come to us. Perfect. It's kind of it's like a, it's in the Germanic uh, language family, right? It is. Yeah. It's um. We wouldn't say this to a Luxemburger, but I won't um, say I won't some, tell some non-Luxemburgish people might say something like it's a German dialect, but um ask any <laughs> Luxemburger and those people are wrong. So <laughs> take what you will from that. <laughs> Have you learned German? Kind Deutsch. <laughs> I, always, um, I think it's interesting because there's like a person I follow on Instagram that I really love her posts but she's been in the Czech Republic for now for like a little over five years but she lives um down by Czeska Bodovice um and so she's learning Czech as well as German at the same time because for her life it's you know, equally advantageous to learn both languages. And I've just been thinking about how difficult it is to learn Czech. And I can't imagine also adding German to my plate at this moment in time. <laughs> but German, English is a Germanic language and German has a lot of crossovers. But so. there's all those cases. So it's like still but fewer cases than Czech. Fewer cases than Czech, but I'm struggling with those Czech cases. So. <laughs> Oh, so I'm not so sure I've mastered those well enough to be like, oh, German will be easy. <laughs> and Luxembourgish, you have cases as well? Um, okay, so I'm going to be real honest with you. Um, you only really have to be at like a solid A2 to pass the exam. So um, you'll do I'm more talking about like where I like to go shopping. And- <laughs> Whether I, I go to Trier or Mez to buy groceries, like we're we're not um we're not getting that intense. Yeah, that's <laughs> you I, took the language test for citizenship. I did. Here. I did. What what level did you have to be at? Uh, for citizenship, I think it's B two, mm-hmm. and for permanent residency, it's A two plus or B one minus. Yeah. So yeah, for- in Luxembourg, they're just like foreigners. Welcome A two. <laughs> good enough you tried (laughs) so for people who haven't been an expat or haven't been living this bilingual life tassie can you as our resident oh yeah the the common european framework is how you frame your language level across europe so it goes from a to c you have a1 which is beginner uh a2 would be like um you can like talk about your weekend and like go to a shop and stuff. Exactly, exactly. A basic communication. Then B1, B2 is more communicative. And C1 is you're really, really good. And C2 would be like you're basically a near native speaker of the language. And every language in Europe 
is classified in those and you have can do statements, what you can do at that level. Mm -hmm. um, so it's an easy way that anyone can go to another country and say, I speak, I don't know, B2 Spanish and they know what that means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I review CV, which I do a lot these days, like everyone has their languages listed with the same format, which mm -hmm. feels super natural. I forgot that people, I forgot that I learned about it. I know, it's such a great ago. system. It is, it is. But like as an American who came here and people were like, oh, you need to do an A2 test. And I was like, um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. is that, does that mean it's the really hard one or the really easy one? <laughs> I classify this. I just talking about found myself like nodding along at first. Like everybody seems to know what, what they're talking, what, what this person's talking about. So I should probably know this. I'll go home and Google it later. <laughs> You know, it's funny the things that just feel natural after you've lived abroad for some time. Um, True. You come to Europe and everything kind of like you shift, like saying flat instead of yes. apartment. And then you, my brain, I'm like switching back and forth. If I'm talking to my grandma, I need to say apartment because she doesn't know what a flat is. Uh -huh. um, it's funny the way those things just shift in your brain. I know. I was thinking about that when I moved into this flat because I was like, well, this flat is not a flat. Like it has like two floors, like two, but it's like a loft kind of thing, kind of situation. It's not mm -hmm. like two, like. In Luxembourg, we would be calling that a duplex. Really? Which is super confusing because um, yeah, in Canada, a duplex is like two houses that kind of are like attached either up, down, or side, side on right. like a single property. Like yeah. a townhouse. Yeah. Yeah. I think here they just call it a flat. Yeah, I think maybe you might call it a loft, but it's not technically a loft. So mm. a loft kind of implies like more of like a industrial, like like fewer walls than your house has. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> That's the perfect way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Like Tessie, you live in a micro loft, as we I would call it in Vancouver. <laughs> It is. Most of my most of my friends that come here, they call it the Japanese flat because because <laughs> they're like everything is dual purpose. Like your shelf is actually a table and your couch is actually a bed. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Speaking of Japan, my daughter had a um, a play date virtually today with her friend who used to be her dad is Czech and her mom is Japanese and she used Aww. to spend most of her time in the Czech Republic but since she started school primary school um Japanese is is harder to learn than Czech um because she she kind of already had a mastery she she spent first grade here so she already had a mastery of like the alphabet that we use here and you know, in, in Japanese, like you have to write in the characters, and it was becoming so laborious for her to keep up that she actually spends most of her time in Japan now. And Lucy was giving like a point by point analysis of how coronavirus spreads from person to person <laughs> to her little Japanese friend. And I was like, oh my God, this poor little girl is going to have like nightmares because. Because uh, we were discussing, because she listens to the podcast sometimes, and Dan brought up uh, Patient 31 from uh, China, I believe it was. South Korea, I think. The yeah. famous Patient 31, yeah. The famous Patient 31, who like was the one person who didn't follow the rules, and then a thousand people have coronavirus because of them. And so Lucy was just like really trying to instill <laughs> the seriousness of the situation. It's funny. I talked to some um, of my roommates from university and she said that she, her little boy is about six or seven now. And they were um, talking to her mom and her mom asked him, what are you doing? And he said, oh, grandma, we're watching the coronavirus station. And she was like, uh, what is that? And my friend said, it's the news. We're watching the news. <laughs> oh. It's going to be like a whole generation of epidemiologists in yep. like 15 yep. years and they are going to like have this stuff 
covered they it's are true. but it's it's like as a point as a parent i was talking to andy this morning and, and i'm listening to her describe this stuff to her friend and i was like is this sad that, that like our kid is so focused on this and he's like no it's good like she has to be able to process what's going on around her like she's nine so she's at an age where it's very important for her to have information that she can like categorize yeah um, so, so that she can make sense of the world around her and i think you know at least coming from where i come from there's like this ideal of sheltering children for as long as possible from the realities of the world this is not the case in europe <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, true yeah <laughs> i mean pick up like a grimm's brothers fairy tales in here you're like very much like clued in to like what right. don't step out of line or you'll get the plague and die. <laughs> well, actually, I think that's probably a really good transition into today's topic. <laughs> if you'd like to bring it up. <laughs> we didn't do bullet points, but maybe oh. we don't need to do bullet points because <laughs> yeah, okay. maybe we just had a 15-minute bullet point conversation. <laughs> So there's an essay that is making the rounds on social media and it's by Ella Dawson and it's called, these are not conditions in which to thrive. And the essay, as I've like discussed it with friends has been kind of polarizing. Some are comforted by the raw, honest tone and some are irritated by just the somberness of the tone like you know that there's there's open talk about grief and loss and um not having to feel like everything's okay or not having to have like your rose colored glasses on right now and um we have three different personalities on this call and i thought that would be like a great time to take advantage of the different perspectives. Like we have three opinionated, strong women, if I might include myself. <laughs> three opinionated, strong women on this call. And I have a feeling we all had different reactions to it. It was well-written. There's a lot of really good points. So um, Ella, if this ever gets back to you, we are not criticizing your work, but no, not at all. Yeah. Cause it's an essay. It's not an article as a caveat. Like she's not a reporter. She's not responsible for including different perspectives. She's just talking about her own self and her own emotions. And I believe she lives in Brooklyn. So she's in New York and things in the center of things. Yeah. Things Ugh. are kind of feeling a little bleak there right now. So nobody is begrudging her, her feelings. Um, but I thought it would be interesting to talk to um, you guys about it because, well, one, Tassie, you're an introvert. Yes. You process things. Self-proclaimed an introvert. introvert. Yes. Carrie, you're an extrovert. Do I have that right? Self-proclaimed, in fact. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I am somewhere in the middle. Um, and if I can use the term that I don't think is an actual real word, but people have been you know, using it colloquially, like I'm an ambivert. I can kind of go either way, depending on my mood. Um, I can feel, I can have extroverted moments. I can have introverted moments, but I'm, I'm kind of in the center. So, um, so I thought it would be fun to discuss this article and by fun, I mean, interesting to discuss <laughs> this article or essay. I'm sorry. Um, from all of our dis different perspectives. Yeah. So think? again, I found the essay very interesting, um, but I am probably one of those people that falls more on the um, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. <laughs> kind of what? Category. An American that wants to pull people up by their own bootstraps? <laughs> I'm I know. shocked. <laughs> I, like, I don't remember the exact meme. I wanted to find it and I couldn't. That I think, Jan, you actually read it to me. That like I'm a really cheerful, optimistic person caught in like a sad person's mind or something like that. A happy personality like, with a sad soul. 
yes that was it um and i was like oh that's that's perfect definition of me because i can kind of go both ways but in reading this uh essay i went more towards the let's be optimistic i'm going to actually read one of the the quotes like the the main quote um from to sum up where yeah. she's coming from so she says these are not conditions in which to thrive not for any of us this is a time to survive your only responsibility is to get through the day mm. so my feeling um on this was i actually took it as yes I agree. This is not a great time to decide to become Mozart, <laughs> probably. <laughs> During your quarantine, um, you're probably not going to learn to play the piano proficiently. I haven't been able to read past chapter one of the book uh, in 15 days because my concentration is... I haven't either. But, I've been having such a hard time reading. Yeah. yeah. But that being said, um, I understand where she's coming from. Carrie. Uh, what are you thinking? Okay, so I like love this article and super resonated with it. So um, Ella, if you hear this, like definitely no criticism here because literally um, I cried a little bit the first time I read this. So Aww. here's Aww. the part that really, really spoke to me. Um, let me see if I can find this. Oh, yeah. If you've broken down in sudden caustic sobs, that's your body searching for an outlet for all that cortisol. And she's speaking about like all of the stress buildup. And like, that's just been my life this week. Mm -hmm. And I realized I've been putting so much pressure on myself to like work really well. Um, yep. My job is super, super busy right now. So um, I am working from home, but I'm, I'm working all the hours from home mm -hmm. um, to also start a new exercise regime, which is perfect time to do it. Yoga with Adriana near my new bestie. <laughs> uh, cook all the beautiful healthy meals because like we don't really have access to takeout where I live in the countryside like I said so we're preparing all our food which is like out of the normal and I just like felt like I'd been failing. So on Friday my wonderful husband um made lunch for us and he made my favorite meal um but it turned out that he made it with lamb instead of pork and I don't like lamb and I took a bite and like literally started sobbing and then spent oh. an hour crying on the couch and I was like wow that's a very reasonable reaction to lamb sausage in your in your rice stir fry love <laughs> so yeah the the like the part that really spoke to me was giving ourselves permission to like not be awesome ironically I'm like speaking to two amazing people who literally started a new successful project during quarantine um so maybe this is not the right audience for this feeling no it is the right audience we, we struggle through every night we're like okay we gotta pull it together <laughs> actually we we recorded a podcast last night i don't think we've mentioned this anywhere january no, but we recorded a podcast we talked for an hour and a half last night recorded a podcast and jan sent me a message this morning like the recording there's nothing there and i was like oh i'm sure there is and and i sent her my recording because it double it sends it to both of us and there was nothing there yeah um yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we struggled um, through that whole conversation like it just didn't flow for whatever reason yeah we were just not feeling it and you know that that's really hard like when you when you feel the pressure to like create something that will entertain or inform someone and then you're doing it on a daily basis like we've talked about several times we've talked about through this process like that, th that it was ill-advised <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time i have to put on my american rose-colored glasses bootstraps pulling and all um and say that it's been a wonderful distraction like it forces me to be outward thinking um instead of completely inward thinking thinking of my own struggle my own uh hard time and just thinking about what what is interesting to other people what is helpful to other people um and and that has been a good 
thought exercise for me to have to engage in every single day because oh sorry no because there's not there's not they're not interacting with people on a daily basis besides my Mm -hmm. family which once you once you get used you know you're married carrie like once you get used to um interacting with that person it doesn't take a whole lot of energy to incorporate them in your daily life you know yeah um and and also like when you've been married for a long time I've been I've been married for a long time um like of course your partner still surprises you but you really kind of get a sense of like what they're gonna say and like what your conversations will be about and yeah when you're both home all day there's there's not that many like cute fun stories from the office or whatever it's true one of the things that resonated with me about this particular article was the conversation that she had around grief um the way that she yeah. described it because actually a few days into our quarantine one of andy's close friends from university passed away of a several year battle with stage four Uh, colon cancer and leaving behind a wife and a one-year-old and you know when you're in panic mode um taking taking on even more grief like you're grieving your day-to-day your loss of your day-to-day life right and at the same time taking on the grief of the loss of like an important person in your life like it's really difficult so I think it, it struck me today as I was, as Tassie and I were talking about, you know, things changing in the workplace, how companies are able to pay people at 70%. Um, and I was like, it's only fair that people should give themselves permission to work at only 70%, you know, because absolutely, because you have to, there's a lot of stuff we're all absorbing right now. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I feel like you know, like that, let's all give ourselves a break in that way and not feel the pressure to be just as productive at home as we were in the office because things are not the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that there is a, a, it's very valid point and that there is this, um, or for, at least from my perspective, there's this continual, uh, change in, um from day one of quarantine Carrie I don't know how your quarantine was set up but it was kind of like well we have this 30-day emergency but we have 10 days of being on lockdown and so in my mind it was framed as like yeah I can do anything for 10 days and then we'll slowly get back to normal and as this process has gone on then it's obviously like not going back to normal and we all know now that like we're not going back to normal for a long time I've read that the UK is warning people like six months even like it Mm. won't be normal um and I think that uh yeah those stages of grief have kind of come in with that like I can feel myself getting like oh gosh like I'm really sad oh gosh I'm really angry today oh gosh and I think that it's true that you do have to go those stages of grief what I worry about is that people will get stuck in that and I think that that was the part of the essay that um for me like yes it's therapeutic and you need to to come to reason with that and allow yourself exactly like not to write the novel of the century um it's okay just to survive the day but at the same time like you can't spend six months sitting on the couch and mourning the loss of a life that's not going to come back necessarily like at some point we do need to realize like there are silver linings there I mean the way that people have interacted with one another I'm sure Carrie you guys have stories in Luxembourg as well about the way people have taken care of each other neighbors helping neighbors like yeah this, absolutely. this, this communal spirit that has um come up all around the world like those are not things to dismiss lightly mm-hmm. yeah true. that's true I guess I like maybe my mind this week has been like a lot on kind of the the last paragraph stuff of this article um where Ella goes into like how she 
some of her concerns about like the future in the United States or North America. Um, I'm Canadian, but you know, and that like that really worries me. I like mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm scared for my family. For well, not for my parents, but for my brothers. Um, that, that like there aren't going to be jobs for them to go back to, and like they're they don't have the same social supports that we're seeing here in Luxembourg mm-hmm. or in Europe in general. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think some people are going to be mourning this for six months on a couch while they try to find a job in a failing economy. Hello, listeners. We hope you enjoyed the first part of our conversation with Carrie. Watch this space for the second half tomorrow. Thanks for listening to today's episode of From Quarantine. Our greatest wish is that it brought some levity to your day. If we made you laugh even a little bit, then we accomplished our goal. We are now live on all major platforms, so you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, as well as your favorite third-party apps. Just search for From Quarantine. You can find us on Instagram by searching from quarantine as well. And you can also reach us through our website, quarantine.cz. We would love it if you would like and share our episodes with your friends. But if you could also take a moment to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, that would help us out tremendously. Thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow. This podcast is brought to you by the coronavirus outbreak. Live together. Dialogue.